0: Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin, and my guest today is a military officer. He's also a run coach and the host of the podcast, Kenfluence. Fluence. Mr. Ken, thank you for joining me.
1: Hey, man, I appreciate you for having me on. It's been a long time coming, and this is one of the uh, few platforms I've been like really looking forward to getting on to. So I appreciate you for uh, letting me on here.
0: Hey, man, it's an honor to have you. Like you said, it's, we've been trying to get this to, uh, we've been trying to do this for, man. I don't even know. how I think when I first met you, I tried to get you on the podcast. It's been, shoot, probably yeah, man, eight man, months. Um,
1: I, I blame the Air Force, man. Every time I get comfortable and I'm, I'm ready to do something, uh, we were just talking about this off air, that uh they'll they'll pick me up and, uh, you know, that plans for the week, they'll get nicked. So uh, sometimes <laughs> I can make the schedule a little bit tough, but. We here now. We ready to make it pop.
0: How's everything going?
1: It's good, man. Life is good. Family is good. Uh, just enjoying life, really. You know, uh, the start of twenty twenty two. So, uh, playing out the year and ready to see what the year brings.
0: Now, you, mean, you mentioned yourself, uh, Air Force. So, you're, you're you're Air Force officer, correct? Yeah, that's true. Okay, How, how'd you end up? How'd you end up deciding to go into the Air Force?
1: Uh, well, I got a lot of uncles in the armed forces, just in general, across the board on both sides of the family, mom and dad, mom and dad's side. And, um, you know, it was a bunch of army folks, a bunch of Marines on either side. And, you know, both of them were, you know, well, both sides kind of came together and was like, you know, you're a smart dude. And you should really apply that. And we're all enlisted. It would be cool if you would be the first officer in the family. Not only that, but be like the first Air Force member in the family. And I was like, that's dope. I would love to do that. And they also said that um, I get lost in the front yard. And that's not a good quality of somebody probably in the Army because, you know, it's forest and (laughs) deserts to get lost in so if you're getting lost in the front yard then that's probably <laughs> probably not what you need to be doing so there was like you know you'd be good at a desk somewhere so
0: <laughs> so basically your folks told you you would have failed land nav, huh
1: hard bro hard
0: <laughs> so did you did you get your education while in the air force or before you joined
1: got it before so um went to east carolina university out in uh eastern north carolina I uh, love my time out there four years over at Debt 600, and um, yeah, man, it was a good time. A lot of people they'll they'll talk down on ROTC, give it a bad rap, but uh, if you find the right crowd of people and you uh, find your tolerances early, then uh, ROTC is a good move.
0: Now I know some of my listeners may not know what ROTC is, so I want you to explain what it is.
1: Okay, so ROTC is the Recruiting Officer Training Corps, so it's The route you can take to become an officer prior to getting into the military. So the way some people do it is they'll get, um, they'll enlist into the armed forces in one way or another. So those are your ranks like, you know, private, uh, corporal, sergeant, and so on and so forth up the ranks. And sometimes in there, they'll find a program to pivot into being an officer. So you're talking about your lieutenants, your captains, your colonels, those folks. But ROTC kind of gives you that like middle ground of, you know, you go to college and while you're in college, uh, you you'll take a army class or a Air Force class or Navy class, whatever it is, every semester, essentially, and your first two years, you do a lot of following your last two years you do a lot of leading. So for me, uh, it was a great experience. I got a lot of leadership experience out of it. Um, I was a JROTC kid, which I'm sure a lot of y'all are familiar with that in high school. So I did that. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a good move.
0: You mentioned your because of your, your family um, was military with you growing up. Did that make the transition easy for you? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. So it was weird because everybody asked me, like, are you an army brat or something like that? And I'm like, nah, like <laughs> all my uncles were in the armed forces, but my dad uh, he went a completely different path. But um, I went to a high school in Fayetteville, North Carolina, where the JROTC program was Army, and all the Army people about to be hyped over this. But like their their high school program was way harder than my college program for Air Force, right? So like just doing that in high school, I got to college. I was like, what is this? Like y'all call this PT? Like I'm doing push-ups, like you know, I, I I was drinking all night, woke up, and I'm like, I guess I gotta leave PT today. I guess this is easy, right? You got other kids passing out because it's hard. I'm like, it's it's not. But um it, it set me up good, man.
0: Um what, what what was your major study while attending um East Carolina? Biology. Oh. Yeah, man, <laughs>
1: love it. Love it. So, big nerd in that way. Um, I don't know. I just always had a passion for biology. Uh, I originally was going into uh, the dentistry field. Air Force had other plans. Uh, you know, we can get at later, but long story short, some Air Force paperwork didn't go through at the right time. So, while I got in, they are like, oh, we'll just give you another job in the meantime, right? Because it's supposed to be a waiver so that you can take more time off to go to another set of college, basically, right? And because I had somehow, quote unquote, missed that deadline, I missed the timeline for the test, which is the DAT for um, dental school. This is the test you take to get into dental school. I missed the timeline for that and all these other gateways. So I was like, well, I guess I'll just do a random job in the Air Force. then. And I was talking to my cadre members, which is basically like the... Uh, the leaders or whatever of ROTC. So they're the people who are actually active duty. And I was like, what's a good job to do, right? One of the dudes was a brother. And he was like, I do acquisitions. And when I get out of here, I'm not hurting for a job. Uh, I'm not like a tank mechanic or something like that. I don't have to see how my skills transfer. This is a high paying industry job when I get out. Just do that. And I was like, all right, cool. And he was like, if I can sell you any more on it, uh, we travel a lot, like around, uh, continental US, uh, him and his wife were able to take trips pretty easily and stuff like that. And I was like, dang, that sounds like the perfect cliche of what the air force was in the first place to me, if you're not a pilot. So immediately I was like, yeah, bet. So I've been doing that and that's kind of how I am where I am right now.
0: Even though you, you've, um, experienced success with the career field you're in now within the air force do you still look back with some regret or disappointment that you didn't get to do that? You did not get to go into the dental field. No,
1: no, no, no. Um, I shadowed a lot, like a lot of dentists. Um, I probably had, I don't know, like upwards of like a hundred, like 70 something hours of shadowing, uh, between college and like, even in the air force, I was shadowing like military dentists for a hot minute, um, at my first base because I was so like, A lot of the acquisition stuff at first was just so easy right and it was like and for the folks that don't know acquisitions uh that i'm talking about in in this frame of context is more about procurement right so you're buying things or you're working with companies to uh take different products maybe put them together long story short right and i was like this is easy i want to go back to the science world and I, I visit these dentists and some of them are cool. Some of them didn't seem like the most joyous people in the world. Didn't seem like they were jumping for joy um, every day coming to work. So for me, I was like, I'm cool on that. So I got other lab experience. I got to work in a lot of biotech fields. Um, got to pioneer some things as far as um, physiological monitoring for pilots and Things are more in that vein. So once I understood that, like, I like that just as much as that, and then I, me also being a numbers dude, I was like, okay, well, how much did dentist make? And I was like, if I got out and I did biotech, how much could I make? And when I was like, it's kind of the same, I was immediately cool with it. Like, if I, if I had any little bit of regret, I was like, I'm fine. So moved, moved away from the dentistry and took a little break from school and just kind of, you know, worked through the lab, worked through um, some of the biotech things, came out here and enjoyed California. I'm still enjoying California, but there was a point around last year, probably around
2: fall time, I was like,
1: I'm getting that science bug and like I'm working software, I'm working satellites and stuff like that, but it's not itching that like laboratory, Vibe that I love. It's not itching the, the medical side of me, so I went back to school and I started working on my master's in molecular medicine, and that's going pretty well. But started doing that for like two months, and I was like, "It's kind of easy." I feel like I could do something else. So then I had it on uh, human biology as a master's program as well. So I'll finish both of those in uh, around August September time frame of this year. So. Looking forward to it, but it's it's always that passion to learn. It's always that passion to dig deep and go forward. But the dentistry thing, I was like, ah, I can I can put that one the bed.
0: <laughs> now you mentioned um in the midst of that, in the midst of what you were saying, you mentioned that you um you're stationed in California, which is uh, actually pretty rare because well, the, I know the army has a base in California, but it's like in the desert. But you're actually in southern california so what's that experience like being a military member in california because that's not too common yeah it's wild uh hold on look can you guess which base i'm at no you could give nobody. me you can give me a million guesses and I, I would not be able to guess nobody can it's crazy watch this i'm in los angeles air
1: force base who knew that existed <laughs> Los Angeles Air Force. Anybody knew Los Angeles with no base?
0: Does it come up on Google?
1: I, I guess, kinda. Okay. I thought it was a joke. Like somebody told me, um, early on. Like I knew before. Obviously, I got. I was active duty. That was the base. But like they were like, Los Angeles Air Force Base. I said I've never heard no Los Angeles Air Force Base. But uh, yeah, man, it's dope out here. I enjoy it. But as far as like. A lot of a lot of places you'll get stationed, they're kind of military towns in a way. Yeah. So if, for example, I'm from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Fayetteville is very much an uh, army town. It's a military town. You got flags all over the place. Thank you for your service. You got yellow ribbons, you got little boots, stickers on stuff. People talking about some 10% for military is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Not out here. It's like, uh,
2: if anything, I'd
1: be like, "Yo, I'm I'm not an op, y'all. I'm not the feds. Um, I don't rock with everybody in the feds, so I can't even I can't even claim feds like that. They looking at Air Force, like it's probably a gang or something.
2: I'm like, we
1: don't we don't bang military out here, so I gotta uh, <laughs> I gotta make sure that I keep y'all uh, under wraps sometimes with certain crowds, so.
0: Was that a, was that a, um, how was that transition culturally? Because like you said, Fayetteville is nothing like Southern California. Nah, nah, nah.
2: Um, man, that's, that's a good question. How's it different? Fayetteville is so.
0: Y'all listen to Day Cole. Well, not that it's, it's definitely different, but for you personally, how was the transition? (laughs)
1: Honestly, it wasn't bad. Um, The hard thing for me was, if anything, the harder transition was from Fayetteville to Dayton, Ohio. And sorry, y'all. Y'all know I got to do it. Dayton, Ohio, if you ain't never been, you don't never need to go. If you ain't never (laughs) been, just fly over it and we'll save your time, <laughs> save your money if you're driving past and you're like, oh, I think that no, you don't think, keep going it's okay, it's fine they don't season their food <laughs> when they do season, they season with mayonnaise uh, when they season a mayonnaise, it's ranch and, and that's it. it, it's so boring, it's so bland it's a bunch of cornfields and Fayetteville is like it has some city to it, it has some country to it, it has some rural aspects to it it has a little suburb it has a little bit of everything so when you get used to that then you go to just you in the middle of nowhere and people ask you well what did you do in Dayton and I'd be like I got in the car it's what I did and I drove either an hour to Cincinnati or an hour to Columbus or two hours or whatever two three hours to Tennessee or Kentucky and you know I I was always tripping somewhere because I was like I can't
2: save it but the transition from that to L.A. was like, oh, man, like, it's dope. Like, well, and,
1: and the other thing, too, the weather is terrible in Dayton. So it's always overcast, <laughs> always cloudy. I'm so sorry. For whoever lives in Ohio, but y'all state suck. Y'all, y'all Dayton suck. Take it back. I, I wish we could sell it to another country for a bunch of money, but we wouldn't get much. Anyway, <laughs> for real, we wouldn't. We get pocket change.
0: I hope, I hope none of my listeners in Dayton. Damn. I'm so sorry, but
1: I apologize, but y'all know it's true. Y'all know it's true. It's trash.
0: <laughs> <But> <laughs> Damn, man.
1: It's trash. But uh, LA, man, it makes you grateful for like just sunshine, bro. Just like regular weather. Like, all the extra sunshine and the heat. I don't even care about that. Just the fact that it's not cloudy every day. The mm. fact that I can go out and have a regular meal with some seasoning on it. That's a blessing. Amen? Just but, random stuff like that.
0: I'm cool with now. Now, you, and again, military, most military posts are, like, around, it's like, the smallest cities. There's not much around. But being in L.A., is it is it hard to just stay, like, you know, to remember your military, uh, your core values. Is it hard to do that in L.A.? Ah.
2: No, no, um, you remember them. No, nah,
1: I'm glad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's just uh, it's always it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Uh, I mentor kids, too, and especially in like STEM programs. So when I have this talk, it's kind of the same thing. It's, you know who you are at the end of the day and you got to remember who you are in certain circumstances. And the best thing to do to avoid certain circumstances is to avoid certain circumstances. Right. To keep it a break. And you know what you can and can't handle. You know what you shouldn't be around. You know what uh, situations can become slippery slopes if you uh, spend a little bit too much time. there. So. Having that little bit of wisdom on helps me maneuver L.A. in in a fun and enjoyable, but safe and also uh, cautious, manner.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking about being in L.A. with all that sunshine and, whew, and, and but having to go to P.T. and all that stuff. That's that's pretty wild.
1: <laughs> but it's also the pandemic, though, you know, it's still quarantine. It's still um, that that kind of thing going on, too, because Long Beach itself um, had some of the highest numbers recorded, I think during COVID in the past two weeks. So a lot of us are still teleworking depending mm. on like what unit you're in. Mm. So honestly, for me, I mean, I, this, this was kind of perfect timing for me. Um, <laughs> a lot of people were saying like, oh, Ken, it sucks that you moved to LA during, during the pandemic. I'm like, bro, are you serious? I telework now. I ain't never teleworked before. And I'm teleworking in LA? Bro, yeah. I put my phone on my hip. And you better catch me. You, <laughs> you better catch me because um I hang to say I'll be out here, but I be, you know, enjoying the day, be enjoying the day that the Lord has made. So uh, you know, it'd be like that.
0: Now you're you are you now correct me if I, I think I'm correct. You mentioned you're you're a captain, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Have you had have you had any positions of leadership yet? Because that's usually the the first rank where you start having leadership positions.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, gave me a few lieutenants. Um, and I have a tech, and it's cool. You know, lead the team. Um, and that's my primary, I guess, core team. I have a side team too that I work on culture issues
2: in the unit, uh,
1: and kind of the unit at large too. So, it that's kind of the cooler thing to me because that way i lead not necessarily down i lead more um laterally and around so there i kind of put out uh, a task like or a feeler rather in the unit i was like hey who wants to be a part of the culture team right and i got some lieutenants i got some captains and a couple majors too so i'm Telling majors what to do. And I'm like, hey, can you do this? Can you organize this? I know you got connects on this side. Can you network with these folks and get the FGOs? And for those who don't know what FGOs are, field grade officers, so major, lieutenant colonel, colonels, you can get those folks um, to engage on their end. So it's cool, man. Um, it's a, it's for sure a, a shift from lieutenant life where it was you wild and free. And you got an answer to nobody. Nobody really looking for you like that. But um, when not only are people looking for you, but people are looking like looking for you to do stuff. but People are also looking to you to be like, um, can you sign a performance report? Can you, uh, you know, I'm going to be out today looking for that kind of thing. Sometimes looking for advice. So it's uh it's different.
0: For you personally, what is your biggest challenge being a leader?
1: Not being a hypocrite. mm. Think that's the Got biggest it. challenge.
0: You definitely mostly. gotta elaborate on that. <laughs> that.
1: you see it too much. You see it too much. Do all this, do all that. Um you see it, you see it on Instagram too. You see these success people or these people who are like I'm a whatever coach, you know, not to be, you know, put myself in that same vein, but people will say like do all these things in this meme. And you'll be the smartest, richest, most successful person ever. But it's like, are you doing those things? You're posting all these workouts. Bro. if you doing all these things? As a leader, <laughs> they'll tell you to go through all these courses. They'll tell you to um, take advantage of all these trainings and, you know, et cetera. The list is long. But it's like, have you done those? And do those things really matter to you? And when you talk about, like, leading people and caring about people, is that just some jargon that you're spouting out? Or is that something that you you know, that really resonates with you. And you say it in a way that makes me feel like that's something you care about. So when I, you know, go to sleep at night, those are the things I think about when I know that I'm going to have people that are going to be asking me questions tomorrow, um, potentially about leadership or how they can do things differently. Did I do everything I can do today to be the best leader I can be so that I can speak from experience not just from a book somebody has on their shelf or speak from something copy and pasted that sounded good
0: i'm gonna ask you this because you are a running coach how would you relate life to running
2: Who life is running running is life R- running is like life in the fact that you got to set small goals. All right. I don't know how many people people love to say life is like running a marathon.
1: Shut up. Your ass ain't ran nowhere. <laughs> your ass ain't never. You don't even know how long the marathon is. <laughs> life is like shut the hell up. <laughs> it is, but shut up. <laughs> <laughs> So marathon is 26.2 miles. Let's break it down for everybody.
2: 26.2 miles.
1: When the last time anybody ran a mile. I'll wait. It's been a minute for most people. A 5K. Okay, that seems a little bit more attainable. Three miles. Okay. The amount of 5Ks you gotta run is like you gotta run like eight 5Ks. Whew.
2: Okay. So you
1: really have to pace yourself, and you have to set small goals, so maybe saying three miles at a time, for some people, that's easy. For me, I set chunks of like... OK, so if I'm running a marathon, right? If I'm running 26.2 miles, I, I break it up like this almost religiously. I got to get to 10 miles. This is my first goal. I get to 10 miles, and then I say, I need to make it to a half marathon, which is 13.1 miles. So I have basically a 5K to go. Okay, I'm halfway. Now what do I need to do? I need to get to 15. Okay, I get to 15. From 15, what do I need to do? I need to get to 16. That's weird. <laughs> well, I usually take kind of a break. I either jog real slow. Or I might walk around miles 16 to 17. Happens. I ain't going to walk alone, maybe for two minutes, just get myself together. Might stretch it out, do my thing. Then I'll be like, okay, I'm around 17. I need to make it 20. And from 20, I need to get 22, 22, 24, and then finish. Life is so the same. You got to know where your points are. You got to strategize and you got to go through enough life to know how to how to spread your goals. You can't just peanut butter spread everything. You can't just say that, okay, I'm going to run in chunks of Five miles. I'm gonna run in chunks of three miles because if you do, you might burn through some of your best opportunities, mm. or you might uh, overshoot it in some some other aspects. So with me with, five, with the first ten miles, if I don't do the first ten the way I do it, then I'm wasting energy. If I if I break it up and say I'm gonna do three here, three there, three there, I didn't waste it a lot of momentum. On the other side, if I say I'm gonna do five all the way through or you know six all the way through then i know i'm gonna be burned out and i'm gonna kill my time that's not gonna work out for you so you know set your small-term goals and your your long-term goals and be able to have some wisdom to be able to better use your judgment Mm.
0: great analogy brother great analogy (laughs) hey man i'm trying i'm trying (laughs) let's get into your podcast um we we got to talk about that when did you start it
1: oh man um i started the podcast at the end of 2020 so like december november december 2020 so before that it started off um the same year 2020 around Oh, man, it was summertime. It was like May, and it started off as just a motivational speaker page. It started off as, like, the inspiration page, and, you know, I was seeing other people do podcasts, and I was like, that's interesting, and I was always on Snapchat, had long-ass Snapchats all the time, ranting and raving, and people were like, why don't you do a podcast? I was like, you know what? Actually, not that bad of an idea. So I did that um around the end of 2020 and took off from there.
0: Was the plan always to be just you, or, or did you plan on having guests?
1: The way
2: it originally started
1: off was
2: um I was gonna do me
1: and some of my best friends, but you know how certain people do,
2: <laughs> and
1: you know they just weren't consistent, so I was like. I'm just, I'm just going to do it. I can't be waiting on people this whole time. And I could see that I was a lot more passionate about it than they were. And they went off to do other things um, on the side and, you know, that's cool. So I was like, I'm going to stick with this. And yeah, from there, I was just like, I'll just do a solo podcast because not only is it easier as far as like my schedule and, you know, me going on TDY, so like business trips and stuff like that. But um, it's just the volatility and dynamic nature of my schedule. I was like, it's just easier to make it solo.
0: Is it easy talking to yourself? Because I know I find it difficult. And every the, a lot of people I talk to find it difficult. So I'm always asking the people who record solo podcasts, do you find it easier to talk to yourself? You see I'm long-winded. <laughs> <laughs> That don't mean it's easy to talk to yourself, though, because I'm long-winded, too.
1: It's really not bad, but you got to be in the mood for it. You can't mm. be not really engaged and already kind of have a premise that you want to go on and go in there cold and start rambling. It sounds stupid. If you go back and listen to, like, the first, I'm going to say, like, seven episodes of Kenfluence, guy help you. <laughs> God, God help you, God bless you. Like that, that's gonna earn you like five heaven points right there for listening to that because it's atrocious. I ain't had no plot, my audio's bad, and it's just like that. But <laughs> as you as you talk to yourself long enough and you get organized either on paper or in your head before you go into it, and you're in the mood for it, then to me it gets a lot easier. It's not that bad.
0: Do you write, do you write it out? You said you need to plan. So do you write it out? What do you do personally?
1: Sometimes, sometimes, um, I, I love to write. I have notebooks all over the place. Um, anybody who comes up is like, damn, you got a lot of notebooks. I'm like, yo, yup. <laughs> they're like, you be writing it all of for sure. All the time. So I have a podcasting notebook and I have a projects notebook, of just random projects I'm working on. But as far as the project, not the project, but the uh, podcasting notebook, I'll either write sometimes just one line and I'll be like, I can go off of that. That's enough. Or sometimes I'll pull it out. You know, here's the point I'm making. Here are some things that support that. Um, here's another point that I think is important that goes with it. And that should be enough. So never takes long, but still crafting that end product on the page of the podcast i guess is what can sometimes be the difficult point again if you don't feel organizing it or if you haven't talked about that subject before
0: how do you feel when people say it's a million podcasts it's oversaturated
2: okay well i would say first of all who asked you um (laughs) wow you mad negative
1: i can see you ain't got nothing worth having to do (laughs) <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, it is a million podcasts, but you know what? A million people aren't working diligently on their podcasts. And of those people, half of those people uh, don't have active podcasts. And half of those people are in completely different niches and lanes than you are. Half of those other people who are, um, at, at the end of the day, they're not you. They don't have your essence, they don't have your energy, they don't have your spirit, they're not as funny as you, they're not as charming as you, they don't have the same amount of uh mental dexterity you have. It's just a different game from podcast to podcast. They don't have your tone and your reflection, you, you the same passion. So it's like at the end of the day, you know, you suck. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I gotta ask you something before we end this. I gotta ask you something. Because I was listening to your episode. Um, I hope I i named the title right. Everything not for everyone. Is that the right title? Yeah,
1: yeah. Everything for everybody.
0: Okay. You I don't even know if you realize that you touched on it, but you touched on something that I haven't really heard too many people say. Um, during the episode, you mentioned that you are a christian but you also believe in evolution and when i heard that i i I cannot think of anybody ever saying that and you kind of seem like i don't i want to make sure i don't know if i heard you right but it almost seemed like you were conflicted am i correct or no i would
1: say nah man um part of like, one of the original, original, like, reasons that, like, I got into biology or, or like, liking it was it kind of confirmed the Bible to me in, in a lot of weird ways. If you, but you really got to know both. If you don't know both, then I don't think you can speak intelligently enough on one end or another to be able to make a smooth uh, and concise decision across the board. I, I just don't think you can. But if you know biology, then you kind of, you get it. it. It makes sense. If you know the Bible, you get it. So like, I, I don't know, man, I could go on this for for days and days on end. And if you really read the Bible and if you read other contextual books with the Bible too, when it says seven days, what we mean by days, bro? Like, what? <laughs> It was days seven somethings yeah but okay sure and even if they were let's call it seven regular days right you don't know what happened in those days so you know what i mean talking about adam and eve them being people you don't know what was defined as a person back then okay and I don't know. It's, to me, I see a lot of congruency and I think there are way more congruencies with the Bible and science than people want to believe. It can be a little mind trippy if you don't take the time, and if you don't like really peel back the layers, and you're gonna have to do some mental gymnastics. Believe me, it, <laughs> you're already having some cognitive dissonance to believe half the mess you believe in the first place. So you know, you gotta you gotta have some patience. For but yeah i i truly believe that both coexist in not that big of a stretch
0: okay i got you i want you, i want to close with this um you're still a young man you've done some great things but up until this point what are you the most proud of the most proud
2: of that's tough man um the most proud of, I think the thing I'm most proud of has to be my either flexibility or resiliency. Um, I'm flexible to my goals
1: at all times. And I understand that. Things change, circumstances change, but a lot of times you're going to have to change with it and you're going to have to maneuver and pivot in how you operate. Just like, you know, I have an episode out called things change and they do change and you never know what a change is going to bring. So staying positive, I think that's one thing that I really admire about myself, that there's a there's a faith there. There's a hope. There's a knowledge that today might suck. Okay, <laughs> today might be trash. And I, I'm gonna be real transparent with you, man. It was um it was Friday before last. Nothing crazy, but I just wasn't having a good day. It, it sucked. I didn't have any energy. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to get out of bed. That's it. You know, not depressed. It just wasn't having a good day. We all wake up like that sometimes. But, you know, muddled through the day, got through it, whatever. And Saturday came. And when I tell you Saturday, that next, literally the next day was one of the best days I had in a long time. As far as, like, the people that hit me up, the things that we did. Um, went on a crazy hike that I enjoyed. Got some scenic pictures, man. I just enjoyed it every drip of the day and like every bit of me was just feeling just grateful and thankful and was radiating
2: and i was like that though that 48 hours wrapped up life so hard for me and
1: sometimes that that friday is going to be a month for you sometimes that friday where you don't want to get out of bed, you don't want to do nothing you don't want people to hit you up that might be a couple months might be a season for you but on the other end, just around the corner, it's going to be bliss, fun, and you're going to be buzzing, and everything in you is just going to feel energetic, and you're going to be ready to have fun, you're going to be happy, enjoy it. So um, being flexible, man, being flexible, being willing to adapt, willing to accept the things that you can't change, but the things that you can change, we damn sure going to change to make sure that they fit the mold that they're
2: supposed to. So...
0: Hey man, I, I really want to thank you for um, taking the time to do this because I know you're extremely business. I mean, extremely busy with the coaching and the podcast, and just having a regular day-to-day military duty. So I want to take the time to thank you for doing this, and also thank you for your service.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you, Lamb, and for real, man, this is uh, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. No cap, uh, I'm keeping a brick with you. I don't listen to everybody, but. Uh, <laughs> This is one of my favorite ones to listen to Um, and keep up with, man. Keep doing what you're doing, brother. Your guests are amazing. Uh, I don't know how you keep reaching out to all these people, but you have crazy good guests on every week, and I love to see it, man. I love to see the growth and what you're doing for the community and in this podcasting uh, spirit, man. So you keep pushing, doing the things that you're
0: doing, and we love to see what's next. Hey, man. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. That means a lot coming from you. Oh, and also before we go, please tell the people like how they can follow you and how they can listen to the podcast.
1: Oh, man, you want to follow me. You can follow me on Instagram. KenFluence That's K-E-N underscore F-L-U dot E-N-C-E. Again, that is K-E-N underscore F-L-U dot E-N-C-E. Follow me on TikTok under the same handle. Follow me on YouTube at KenFluence channel. And if you want to email me to um, get a hold of me for any reason, or if you got, uh, you know, you, you want to talk business and feel more comfortable emailing me at skinfluencechannel at gmail.com. So if you're a bad one, DM me and you can get my number. is I'm very accessible for now. Um, as far as LA, I'm a F minus celebrity. Long Beach, <laughs> I'm a D plus. So, um, you know, while I'm accessible, come
0: through oh and make sure you tell them how they can listen to the podcast
1: oh I'm everywhere just just look up kimfluence
0: okay. and
1: you can't help but um find me I, I'm on Spotify Apple on uh
2: Google on anchor uh
0: where you moved the,
2: you
0: exactly moved away you, on hold on oh, Ken. It. let me let me stop you for a second you I don't know if you moved but your audio kind of went a little Weird, so we got the Apple and the Spotify. All right,
2: is that better?
0: Yeah, go ahead again, Apple, Spotify,
2: Apple, Spotify, Google, uh, wherever Joe Rogan used to be before he got exclusively on Spotify. I'm on there,
0: okay? Again, man, I thank you for your time and um, your story, and I wish you all the best moving forward. No, I appreciate you, bro. Gotta the skins time All right. I want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore lamp. My Facebook is also conversations with lamp. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.